Welcome to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing? I am just so happy to be here on this Tuesday. Just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key out of Noonan, Georgia. We are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Christie's Cafe, the Man in the Mirror podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. Just a reminder also that I'm going to be at Ivy Park tonight for the live show, and you can listen to the rebroadcast here on this station tomorrow. I'm just so happy that I'm in a time slot right after Rod Peterson and right before Braves Country Baseball and Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. But we have a great show for you today as I'm going to recap the Monday night football game between the Arizona Cardinals and the New England Patriots. A tough break for the Cardinals and their quarterback, Kyler Murray, who is likely out for the season with a torn ACL. Then the Atlanta Hawks, they travel up to Memphis And they fall to the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis did not have Jaw. The Hawks did not have Trey Young. And they try to regroup as they are just a mediocre basketball team right now. And the Atlanta Braves making moves. Their general manager, Alex Anthopoulos, looks like they signed a brand new all-star catcher, Sean Murphy. I'll talk about that deal as well. And Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars were in action as their first conference game took place last night in Augusta. This is episode 521 on this December 13th, 2022, and we are getting closer and closer to the holiday season, and I'm really looking forward to just spending time with the family for the holidays. I'm going to have my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank here on the show shortly but let's go ahead and get right into that Monday night football game because the Arizona Cardinals they lost to the New England Patriots 27 to 13. Kyler Murray on the just the third play of the game looks like he tore his ACL and he is going to be out for the season. Arizona drops to four and nine and they are eliminated from the playoffs not mathematically but they pretty much blew their playoff chances. The Patriots at seven and six are just alive for the playoffs. And even though their offense is incompetent, I mean, Mac Jones is a game manager. The Patriots have a incredible defense led by Bill Belichick, who knows defense. And they do it the Patriot way. The Patriots don't beat themselves. This was a very impressive road game. But I do think that they need to make the change to quarterback to Bailey Zappay. It really needs to happen. But the Patriots, they just plug and play players. You know, they just plug and play players. You got running backs, whether it's Pierre Strong, you know, no Ramondre Stevenson, no problem. No Damian Harris, no problem. You got a who's who of running backs Kevin Harris, Pierre Strong. This Patriots team reminds me of those Patriots teams that relied heavily upon James White and Deion Lewis, and they would just do what they do, and that's why they won six Super Bowls. But they don't have Tom Brady. Belichick has got to work with what he has. 
But the Patriots could sneak into the playoffs. I just don't see them winning a playoff game, especially if they have to face a Buffalo, a Cincinnati, or a Kansas City. They're not on their level. I've actually said on this show, like right now, there are six teams in the National Football League that can win the Super Bowl. There are three in the AFC, and there are three in the NFC. The three teams in the AFC are the Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals. I believe all three of those teams have the quarterback. They have the well-rounded team that can beat anybody, either in a shootout, in the run game, and they could carve up any of the top defenses in the league. Over in the NFC, the three teams that can win the Super Bowl are the Philadelphia Eagles, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Dallas Cowboys. I believe that the 49ers have found their quarterback. Now, I've been getting a lot of praise. A lot of people have reached out to me on Twitter and asking me the question, what do you think of Brock Purdy? Well, it's a small sample size. I'm excited. I watched that game against the Buccaneers. He did some things that Jimmy Garoppolo can't do. He pushed the ball down the field and had more 20-yard passes than Jimmy G had all season. Brock Purdy could be the real deal, but let's wait and see. A very tough Thursday night game against Seattle on a short week. It will be Brock Purdy's first road start. So let's see how he does against a desperate Seahawks team. It is about that time in the season where we have conversations about which NFL coaches are on the hot seat. You know, I had a segment like this last season on my show along with Nathan Spies, who actually got me into the podcast game almost three years ago, and uh, Michael Burgett. We had such a great time talking about NFL coaches on the hot seat. I'm going to go ahead and start with the obvious choice, Cliff Kingsbury. For the Arizona Cardinals is the first coach on the hot seat. And the Cardinals are an organization that are not afraid to pull the plug on a coach if they feel it's not a good fit. Now, Cliff Kingsbury, when he came in and got this job, a lot of speculation was all he needed was a quarterback. Remember, Kyler Murray was having an MVP season last year. And now that Kyler Murray has torn his ACL, more than likely, he may miss the start of the regular season for 2023. So Cliff Kingsbury, who was an average college coach, is going to be the first coach to get the axe on Black Monday. That's the Monday right after the end of the regular season. And then the rest of the candidates for coaches on the hot seat are all in their first year of coaching. But I could already tell, even though it's a small sample size, it's not a good fit for any one of these coaches. Denver coach Nathaniel Hackett, I don't think he's a coach. I think that he's a coordinator at best, and it has been a disaster with Russell Wilson. Denver has one of the top defenses in the league. They have some players, but Russell Wilson has had a terrible season, and Denver has only won three games. All right, the next coach that is on the hot seat is Todd Bowles in Tampa. If you've seen the drop-off between Bruce Arians, and now Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles was a great defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers. He was an average head coach when he was coaching with the Jets. I don't think that Todd Bowles is a head coach. I believe he is a great defensive coordinator. And the team doesn't respond well to him. Even though the Buccaneers are in first place in the NFC South, 
They are six and seven, and they have a very average defense. They cannot get the run game going. They are dead last in rushing in the National Football League. And I know a lot of the Tom Brady haters think that this is a disaster season for Brady, but he is actually not putting up bad passing numbers. It's just that the Buccaneers team around him, they don't have a run game. Their defense is average. They did miss a lot of players. Remember in that 49ers game, Vita Veda went out very early, and Carlton Davis went out as well, and that really made the difference. He's not on the same page with his wide receivers. We thought that the Buccaneers would be this dynamic offense, but he's missing Gronk with Gronk not in the lineup, and you also had a lot of injuries like Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard, the Buccaneers, they still have some great wide receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and, and now they added Julio Jones and Russell Gage, who got the touchdown against the 49ers. But Brady is not on the same page with his team, and it really falls on coaching. That's why I think Todd Bowles is going to be a one-hit wonder, and he's going to be out of a job. The next coach that I think is on the hot seat, and I think that they might give him one more year, the Houston Texans' Levy Smith. His team plays hard for him. They don't really have a whole lot. You know, Derek Stingley Jr. went out really early in the beginning of the season. He was perceived as one of the best top cover corners to come out of this draft from last season. And the Houston Texans don't really have a quarterback. Say what you want. I mean, Jeff Driscoll almost beat the Cowboys. But the Houston Texans, Davis Mills in his second year, he is a game manager at best. And Houston, I thought they were going to be this explosive offense with Brandon Cooks, but they also have Damian Pierce as the running back. I mean, they have some players, but they still need to rebuild. And maybe ownership gives Lovey Smith one more year. But with the disaster they have had being the worst team in the league, and I was kind of sneak peeking in the 2023 mock NFL draft. You know, I did a search last night, just mock NFL draft 2023. They're projecting Bryce Young to be the first pick overall in 2023, and the Houston Texans have the worst record in the league. And so they're projected to get a quarterback next year. Maybe a fresh start, maybe a new coach with a quarterback. Remember, Lovey Smith hasn't coached in a while. Bringing Lovey Smith back just was a head-scratcher. I mean, he did coach at the Illinois Fighting Alumni, but he led the Bears to the Super Bowl, but that was back in 2007. Interesting, but I think Lovey Smith might get another year. Another coach on the hot seat is Dennis Allen for the New Orleans Saints. Something's just been off ever since Drew Brees retired and ever since Sean Payton left. That combination since 2006 has won a lot of games. I know they only won the one Super Bowl, but maybe it was the Saints' demise when they had four heartbreaking playoff exits in a row. I mean, we know about the Minneapolis miracle. We know about the controversial pass interference call against the Rams. We know about the Kyle Rudolph push-off in overtime and then losing to Tom Brady when they beat them in the regular season. So four heartbreaking playoff exits for the New Orleans Saints. Then Drew Brees retires. They miss the playoffs. Then Sean Payton retires because he doesn't really want to rebuild. But I think Sean Payton's going to coach somewhere next year. But Dennis Allen is not a head coach. He tried this before when he was the head coach with the Raiders. He's a good defensive coordinator, and he just doesn't have the quarterback. I mean, 
Andy Dalton, Jason Hill, he's a gadget guy. What happened to Jameis Winston? I think he's injured. But I think the New Orleans Saints really need to look at drafting a quarterback next year. I actually thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to get traded to the Saints. But they do have capital. But I'm just not sure that Dennis Allen is the right guy. He might get another year. But a lot of these coaches are in their first year. Not a whole lot of coaches on the hot seat. I mean, we already had two teams fire their head coaches midseason. Carolina got rid of Matt Rule. And I think that Steve Wilkes, the interim head coach, might get that job. The, the Panthers are playing tough for their coach. And the interim head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, Jeff Saturday, I don't think that's going to work out. Uh, getting rid of Frank Reich did not make any sense. And, you know, you talk about the disappointment that the Broncos have with Russell Wilson. How about the disappointment with Matt Ryan on the Colts? This has been a disaster for the Indianapolis Colts, a team with some players. They have Darius Leonard. They have DeForest Buckner on defense. Jonathan Taylor, one of the best running backs in the NFL. What happened? And now there's talks that the former Colts wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, is going to sign with the Dallas Cowboys. Very interesting NFL season so far as I'm looking forward to getting ready for this season to wind down as we get ready for the playoffs. Moving on to the National Basketball Association. Well, the Atlanta Hawks, after getting a buzzer beater the night before at State Farm Arena against the Chicago Bulls, the Hawks don't do well on a back-to-back, especially when you're traveling up to Memphis where you're taking on one of the hottest teams in the Western Conference. And the Memphis Grizzlies didn't even have John Morant. And this is what tells you the depth that the Grizzlies have. They were able to get the victory over the Atlanta Hawks, 128-103. to Now, DeAndre Hunter did lead the Hawks with 19 points. Welcome back from injury. But if they're not having Trey Young in the lineup, the Hawks don't have a shot. Trey Young is what gets the Hawks' offense going. Now, I know they won a playoff game without Trey Young in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Milwaukee Bucks in 2021. But the Atlanta Hawks, they've got to get Trey Young back in this lineup. Along with DeJounte Murray, he was out as well. The Atlanta Hawks are 14-14. and And say what you want, maybe the Hawks can turn the corner as we get closer to wrapping up this season. You know, the Hawks are right now in that play-in game, but they want to try to avoid road playoff games. They did win their two play-in games last year, but they lost to the Miami Heat. They were the overall number one seed. So the Atlanta Hawks have to do well in the regular season so they can get a decent seed. But I don't see them beating Boston, and I don't see them beating Milwaukee. I think any of those other teams in the Eastern Conference, the Atlanta Hawks, could beat But we have put so many high expectations on the Hawks just because they reached the Eastern Conference Finals in 2021. So they are a playoff team, but we think that they are more. But I think the expectations, a realistic goal for the Atlanta Hawks is just to get to the second round. Other action in the NBA last night. Well, the Brooklyn Nets, they are starting to turn the corner. They beat the Washington Wizards 112-100. to They are now 17-12. and The Miami Heat, who's been a disappointing team so far, they beat the Indiana Pacers. The Pacers have been a surprise team. The Dallas Mavericks beat the Thunder. And then the Clippers beat the Boston Celtics. Boy, Celtics 0-2 on this Western swing. 
Very interesting to see the Celtics not compete on the West Coast, losing to Golden State on Saturday, now losing to the Clippers in L.A. And just imagine how great the Clippers would be with a healthy Kawhi. I've said that if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are playing at their best, because the Clippers have a very good team around them, that they could represent the Western Conference and reach the NBA Finals. However, the Clippers are the Clippers, and it is a very tough task. They did reach the Western Conference Finals, but it still wasn't enough. But now if you're a Lakers fan, you're just hoping that Anthony Davis stays upright and healthy because LeBron is not going to be able to carry this team. Can you believe it has been 20 years? It was 20 years ago, December of 2002. LeBron made his debut on ESPN when he was playing high school basketball at Oak Hill Academy. Yes, that was 20 years ago. We have known the name LeBron James for 20 years now. And 2003 was when he was selected number one overall in the NBA draft by the Cleveland Cavaliers. That was a great draft, by the way, because you had Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony. Just incredible draft. Kind of feel bad for the Detroit Pistons drafting Darko Milicek. Speaking of the Detroit Pistons, they lost their starting point guard, Cade Cunningham, to a season-ending injury. And the Detroit Pistons right now, one of the worst teams in the NBA. They'll get a high lottery pick. I'll have to look and see who are the top picks for the 2023 NBA draft. The Pistons will be fine if they get a top lottery pick. When Cade Cunningham comes back, it's going to be like having an extra draft pick. And then you also have Jaden Ivey, who's a very great shooter. Now, Jaden Ivey's college team, Purdue, they are the new AP number one in college basketball. And don't look now, but the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yes, they are now a basketball school. Alabama is ranked fourth. Can Alabama reach the Final Four? You know, Alabama is all in. Why? Because their hated rival, Auburn, reached the Final Four in 2019. Alabama has all the tools and resources to compete at basketball. And that's what happens when you are a football school and you get a lot of money. You can now recruit. With NIL, Alabama can get some basketball players in that school and they get ready to take on Memphis and this is going to be a big test and uh, hopefully Coleman Coliseum will be packed yes I've seen Alabama play basketball at Coleman Coliseum in an empty stadium the week of the Iron Bowl but Alabama basketball is back and hopefully they can make a deep run in the NCAA tournament like they did in 2002 when they made it all the way to the Elite Eight. Braves general manager Alex Anthopoulos is still making moves in the offseason. You know, we've had a busy baseball offseason, but the Atlanta Braves, with a blockbuster trade, get Oakland A's all-star catcher Sean Murphy. You know, Murphy hit 18 home runs, 66 runs batted in for the A's last year. Now they have to part ways with their all-star catcher William Contreras. But this makes the Atlanta Braves even better having that solid catcher. Now they can move Travis Darno to the designated hitter. You know, they can go back and forth 
between catcher and DH. But the question now is, what are they going to do about Dansby Swanson? Are they going to let him walk? Can they afford Dansby? There are some teams that are very interested in Dansby to include the St. Louis Cardinals and the Chicago Cubs. I'd hate to see Dansby Swanson go. We went through this last year with Freddie Freeman. We have to trust the process. We know that Alex Anthopoulos knows what he's doing. And I think the Braves are going to be so much better next year with Mike Soroka coming back. you got Spencer Strider. you got Max Fried. You've got a lethal starting pitching, and then the rest will play itself out. you got World Cup today, Argentina taking on Croatia. And Croatia has an opportunity to reach the World Cup final once again for the second year in a row. This is the smallest country that's left. They've only been in six World Cups because Croatia has not been a country for more than 30 years. Croatia, remember, that was a country that played the Dream Team in the 1992 gold medal game. Croatia used to be a part of the former Yugoslavia, and now all of a sudden Croatia's good at soccer. This is incredible. And as for Argentina, I just want to see them get Lionel Messi a World Cup. Kickoff for this incredible World Cup semifinal match will start at 2 p.m. on Fox. I can't believe the World Cup is almost over. But hey, we get to look forward to the Women's World Cup in 2023. The former Callaway Cavalier running back, And Auburn running back Tank Bigsby will forego his senior season and declare for the NFL draft. This is a very good back, and he is listed the fourth best running back according to CBSSports.com. Tank Bigsby, although he's not going to be a first-round pick or a second-round pick, he's going to make an NFL roster, and he is going to make a difference because running backs... They don't get drafted high. There's some exceptions. Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott. But Tank Bigsby is going to make a difference. You know, he averaged six yards a carry as a freshman. He almost rushed for 1,000 yards his freshman year, which was the COVID 2020 year. Auburn only played 10 games. But he made a huge impact, and he is a legend up in LaGrange, coming out of Callaway High School. And he could be one of those players that can make an impact in the NFL And the way Isaiah Crowell was for the city of Columbus, I believe Tank Bigsby can be that for LaGrange. So I'm happy for Tank Bigsby that he is going to the NFL draft. And I wish him nothing but the best. I know that Callaway looks at him and he is just beloved up in LaGrange. Don't forget on December 21st, it is National Signing Day. I'm going to have a special show here on the Sports Beat where I will break down all the recruits and where they are going. And it is going to be the most up-to-date show for National Signing Day. We had a great show last year, and I'm looking forward to this show on December the 21st. It was a tough night for the Columbus State Cougars and Lady Cougars as they fought hard in their Peach Belt Conference opener against Augusta on Monday night on the road. The Columbus State Cougars dropped the contest to Augusta 83-65. And Columbus State goes to 7-3 overall and 0-1 in the Peach Belt. And they've got a rare afternoon game this Thursday at the Lumpkin Center 
against Lander University. So come on out to the Lumpkin Center. That's going to be a great time for the Columbus State Cougars. And Lady Cougars, they're going to tip off at 1.30. So tip off for that game is going to be at 3.30 at the Lumpkin Center against Lander. Now speaking of the Columbus State Lady Cougars, they have lost two in a row after losing a heartbreaker to the Lady Jaguars 48-47. to And Augusta University improves to 7-2 overall. Lady Cougars will be in action at the Lumpkin Center at 1.30 against Lander University. And as always, you can listen to the game on 88.5 WCUG Cougar Radio with Scott Miller on the call. You know, I enjoy just listening to Columbus State Athletics on Cougar Radio because I don't get a chance to actually go to the games that often. Uh, I was actually trying to watch the game on the PBC network, the same network that calls all the games in the Peach Belt Conference, and they were having some technical difficulties, so I was not able to watch the game last night. But I'm looking forward to seeing those two games at the Lumpkin Center before they have a big holiday break. The next home game is not going to be until 2023. So that is the only opportunity to see Columbus State this year before we get into some crucial conference games that are coming up next year. I do want to say a big happy birthday. It happened yesterday. Happy birthday to Bob Barker, who turned 99 yesterday. Look, I love Bob Barker. You know, he hasn't done the prices right in over a decade. He is still a national treasure. And you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with sports? Hello? He was in one of the greatest sports movies of all time, Happy Gilmore. Bob Barker's scene with Adam Sandler, where he is beating him up pretty bad, is an iconic scene, and that's why I love Bob Barker. And plus, I used to watch The Price is Right when I was a little kid as well. So happy birthday to Bob Barker. Still in good spirits. 99 years old. That is just incredible. All right, I want to switch gears before I bring Corey on because there was a heated debate. I am a big fan of debate shows. You know, I grew up watching PTI with Michael Wilbon and Tony Kornheiser. Now, they have been civil to each other. You know, they might have some differences, but there is that respect. But Skip and Shannon, undisputed, it got out of hand yesterday. This video clip has gone viral where Skip Bayless insults Shannon Sharp on the air because Shannon Sharp wanted to write off Tom Brady. And I don't know what it is that Skip Bayless has this love affair with Tom Brady. He also has this love affair with the Dallas Cowboys. It's actually kind of sickening. But this is Skip Bayless's personality. This is what makes him popular is because, you know, he could be wrong sometimes. But he can also pick a fight with somebody as well. It got a little personal. It really did, especially when Shannon Sharp took off, took off his glasses and asked him, you know, why are you disrespecting me? I know it makes for great ratings, but as a professional, and this is why I don't get into heated debates with my guests, because I have that mutual respect for my guests, and my broadcast partners. I want to keep it at a level where you don't want to dehumanize somebody on the air. 
You know, we're all people with feelings and we respect each other. Look, I get it. You want to get in a heated discussion and try to get ratings. I mean, I am not going to go that route just so I can get ratings on this show. So when Corey comes on, I promise you that it will be very civil and we will be very professional to one another. And I don't know. I don't think we've ever disagreed on something to a point where it got into a a heated argument and we were just shouting at each other. I mean, it looked like Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp were going to rip each other's heads off. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to seeing the show today, and I expect some apologies coming from Skip Bayless. He's a professional. He should apologize to Shannon Sharp. That clip went viral, and I'm telling you, that's what everybody was talking about last night. All right, I think it is about that time to bring on my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. We're going to recap some of the NFL games. We're going to talk a little bit about the Ivy Show tonight. I'm really Looking forward to that as well as the Columbus Rapids season will kick off December 29th as they will have a friendly and their first home game for the regular season. The NISL will not take place until February the 1st. So we have a long break to talk nothing but Columbus Rapids soccer. We'll be back with Corey. We are back on the show, and I've got my broadcast partner and co-host Corey Bank as we are going to recap some of the games that happened over the weekend college football regular season is over as we prepare for bowl games we also have some nfl action and the regular season is winding down and we're starting to see a better picture of what the playoffs might look like that is for sure richard All right well let's start with your jets they put up a fight against the buffalo bills uh, mike white had to leave the game because of an injury he is going to play next week but the Jets are locked in with two other teams, the Los Angeles Chargers and the New England Patriots with a 7-6 and six record, trying to get that seventh and final playoff spot. Corey, are your Jets going to break a 12-year playoff drought and make the playoffs this year? Only time will tell. So, yes, the Jets had a very, very interesting game. So. In the beginning, they had a lackluster performance on offense. They've had a hard time running with the football. But Zonovan Knight, I tell you, whoever saw this guy coming? On this depth chart, he was on the practice squad, Richard. He was rushing the football very well in between the tackles, has become dependable, even more so than Michael Carter. So that is pretty interesting in itself. But we got to talk about the toughness of quarterback Mike White. Mike White in this game went down. He had a injury. It's saying right by his ribs. He had x-rays. He came back into the football game. That just tells me the testament of what kind of player he is for this New York Jet team. A lot of pride trying to develop something with the culture in that regard. He didn't play too bad coming down to the stretch. But in this league, Richard, 12 points is not going to be enough to win football games. Their defense uh, did a decent job, but one guy that we got to talk about that has gotten over 10 sacks this season, that's Quentin Williams, has been coming one of the best edge rushers in the game, lining up in the, in the defensive tackle position. 
he was ripping through the offensive line. They were double teaming him in this game. And he got a couple sacks in the day against quarterback Josh Allen. That's very pivotal in that regard. Sauce Gardner's been looking very stout and, and being able to play bump and run coverage. But there's another guy on the offensive side of the ball who broke a rookie record for the New York Jets, and that is wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, smooth as they come for route running purposes. We saw him running slants over the middle of the field, beautiful out routes, creating separation. I think they found a guy at the wide receiver position, and I think they found their lockdown corner. That's a question there. But Josh Allen in that game, he was too much. Did you see that hurdle that he made over them? He looked like Superman out there when he hurdled over the Jets defender to get that first down run. Josh Allen's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. And he it showed that way when he was surveying the field, making throws that he needed to. And this Buffalo defense, really stout, really nasty in between the tackles. Milano's a great linebacker, and he was wreaking havoc all day long on the Jets. It was far too much. That's why the Bills put together this win. But the thing is that with the Jets, if they want to make a run at the playoffs, they're going to have to get something going by their offensive line. It seems to be the anchor and Achilles heel of their team. Keep their quarterbacks upright and making plays, Richard. The Baltimore Ravens taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Ravens were able to get the victory over their longtime rival without Lamar Jackson. And the Steelers, just one of those teams that had a shot at making the playoffs, but the Ravens win 16 to 14. And they are nine and four. They're a tie to top of the division with the Cincinnati Bengals. But Corey, can this Baltimore Ravens team win some playoff games if they're going to be without Lamar Jackson? Or do they need Lamar Jackson to come back into the lineup? Well, here's the thing. This team has proven down the stretch they have a very good defense. Now, it seems to be a recipe. If you can run the football and play very decent defense, get wreaking havoc in backfields and keeping plays down the line and having your linebackers going east and west surveying the field, you should be fine when you're both for a team. Now, the question, Mark, like you said, Lamar Jackson, electrifying player, getting outside the tackle box, doing whatever it takes to be able to make shake moves in secondary. Great athlete. Great player in that regard. Huntley, now he's played, I'd say, adequate at best. Maybe a little bit. But sure, I think they are a better team than Lamar Jackson. But their defense, that seems to be the storyline of why they've been staying at a day and why they're going to be a team that's going to keep themselves in football games. Now, the offense, I don't think, is playoff caliber right now. All right, let's talk about the game that we thought that maybe this could be a slip-up for the Philadelphia Eagles. They had no problem with the Giants. In fact, they manhandled them. Corey, are the Eagles the best team in the NFC, and can they reach the Super Bowl? Right now, it's a fact they're the best team. Statistically, they're the best. Jalen Hurts has been coming along as a leader. That seems to be something that coming into a couple years in the league now, that he keeps his offensive line 
wanting to fight for him. That's the most important thing in all this. Jalen Hurts statistically completing right around 60, 60, 65% of his passes and has shown he's been dynamic, throwing it to Devontae Smith, uh, A.J. Brown. And have they gotten the game run game going in that regard? But they are a powerhouse team. Stout in between the tackles, running with the football as well, running back by committee. I believe they are a team that it's really about the mentality of the culture. That's really been taking them to the next level, and I see why not. They are the best team in the NFC for sure, Richard. Well, right now, I think that there are six teams in the National Football League that can win the Super Bowl. Three out of the NFC, the Eagles, Cowboys, and 49ers. And out of the NFC, it is Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. So the team that I think is going to meet the Eagles in the NFC Championship is the San Francisco 49ers. Corey, they found their quarterback. Everybody's been talking about Brock Purdy. What he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm shocked. I actually thought that Tom Brady against Kyle Shanahan, Tom Brady going up against a rookie quarterback, and Fox decided to switch the game to Carolina-Seattle because it was 35 to nothing. That never happens to a nationally televised game with Tom Brady in it. Tom Brady did not look all that great, but uh, they're in trouble. Tampa Bay, even though they're in first place, still with a 6-7 and seven record, they could still make the playoffs, but this is not the same team that Tom Brady had the last couple of years. But, Corey, my question to you, have the San Francisco 49ers found their quarterback in Brock Purdy? It remains to see if we he is the quarterback. He's the answer since it is his first start. But I will tell you, Richard, in his first NFL start, he looked fantastic. His completion percentage was sky high, and he was making the necessary reads that you need to as a quarterback, whether it was slant route over the middle of the field, whether it was throwing the ball away, whether it was him keeping the football and getting the sure yardage, Brock Purdy's precision as a passer and his poise among his years, Richard, that's something you don't really see for the quarterback that has only had his first start in the NFL, but also the fact that he's a late rounder. Very interesting. And to go up there and play against one of his legends that he loves to watch playing, because that's something that they talked about for the game. Before this game was even played, his family was going to come out regardless to go watch the 49ers play against them. But who knew that this 49ers team would just blow out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers team? Now, the Buccaneers team, in this regard, the reason why they've been struggling is because their offensive line of help has not been too great. Usually, they're great in the trenches. That was the recipe of why they've gone far in the playoffs and have won the Super Bowl. But when you lose the penetration up front, whether it is doing a zone block, opening up the holes for uh, Leonard Fournette, who is supposed to be an incredible back. He has not had a great year. There hasn't been much running lane for him in that regard. Mike Evans is not having that great of a year. It comes down to it. Tom Brady, as we know, is not a guy who really gets outside the tackle box and makes his throws. He's a pocket precision passer. And when you have the pocket collapsing on him and you're forcing him to try to go east and west, when he's not really a quick quarterback, he's all about the quick release. You take that away from him, that's very tough. Chris Godwin not having that great of a year, it's it's tough for them. But 
Now back to the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey. My goodness. Since he has come to fruition and they had him come to the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey's been phenomenal. Inside on his runs and in the screen game and as a pass catcher. Dynamic. They made a very good call to go get him from the Panthers, Richard. And this 49ers defensive front, my goodness. Bosa getting in the backfield. Incredible. And the secondary, how can how can you forget about the play of their secondary? Just all around, the whole entire level. This 49ers team is a force to be reckoned with for sure, Richard. And the 49ers did receive good news that Debo Samuel's high ankle sprain is not as severe as we expected and he should be back for Week 17 against the Las Vegas Raiders. The 49ers have four winnable games left, and I know it's a small sample size, but I think that Brock Purdy is the type of quarterback that can help lead the 49ers because he does things that Jimmy Garoppolo does not do. He can move outside the pocket, and he can throw the football downfield, which he's already done twice so far. I think the San Francisco 49ers are actually going to fight for the Minnesota Vikings for that number two seed, and that's why... They're on a collision course, probably going to play the Eagles in the NFC Championship. Uh, Corey, I really want to switch gears here on the show. Before we close the show, uh, while I was actually doing the show before you came on, I was do doing a search on my phone for some updates on uh, head coach Mike Leach. And unfortunately, he has passed away at the age of 61, the Mississippi State head coach. It's a tragedy, a sad moment for the Mississippi State family. He really was an icon in college football, coached at Texas Tech, Washington State, and now Mississippi State, famous for his air raid offense and his just being funny after the press conferences and being interviewed. He was just a character, and he surely is going to be missed. It's very sad. He meant so much to the culture of college football. And like you said, great coach, West Coast-style offenses he liked to a coach and really implement at the level. But really, it's about what kind of culture he's brought to the game, what kind of coaching and the mentorship that he has changed people's lives throughout the years. It's going to be a tough one, a missing Coach Leach. All right, Corey, as always, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, I'll talk to you tonight as uh, we got our live show at Ivy. It, it should be a lot of fun. Absolutely, Richard. Always a pleasure. That was my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank. Thank you so much once again for listening to another episode of The Sports Beat. Don't forget that you can download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for Braves Country Baseball and Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's coming up next here on WQEE. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.